What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life, and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. go. Go, 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 go. Don't leave me. Never. Never. Anyways. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back, you guys. We are so excited you are here. Bitch, we're five episodes away from fucking 50. Hey. Like, what? (laughs) So excited. How wild. And I'm fucking pumped, dude, because I didn't fucking realize when we were, like, weeks ago, we were talking weeks ago we were That's talking an air traffic controller air hey watch the youtube and you'll fucking know what i'm talking about <laughs> bam, bam, bam. weeks ago that was a little bit of spider-man but anyways we, okay for the 14th time i can focus yeah i know i'm so excited weeks ago we talked oh no your pause but i can hear you just keep going okay weeks ago <laughs> I'm gonna, no i'm just gonna keep saying weeks ago <laughs> We talked about doing something big for our podiversary. Yes. And our podiversary falls on a masterclass day. Yes. I never put two and two together until like earlier this week because, you know, my yes. brain. But how exciting is that? So that that's what I got excited about. That's, that's, it. that's it. That's the whole story. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Episode 45. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Oh, my Lanta. So today I'm so excited because we are doing cognitive errors 2.0. And why are we doing this episode? Because it's the fucking goat. This episode was the most listened. Well, the first Aside one. Aside from me, Steph, and Mari, I think it was Aside, the highest yes. listened to episode. I think yes. people got a lot of value out of it and listened to it multiple times because yes, it was a step-by-step thing. Yes. And I redirect clients that I meet with to come listen to it because we, when I talk about cognitive errors, I'm like, Hey, if you want to message me, we'll talk about it. But also we have this podcast and it walks through it again. So it's something that you can listen to that's tangible that you mm-hmm. can walk through. Maybe you're what that, what you're experiencing right in line with what we're doing. Yep. So we thought we would do another one and we would do just a different cognitive error, a different thing that shows up. And we'll, we have an example in mind that we want to walk through, but if something comes up, we can also walk through another one because Mm -hmm. I think cognitive errors and changing, excuse me, changing the way that you think about a situation that is happening allows you to change the emotions that you're experiencing about experiencing about the situation that is happening. So Mm -hmm. That is my jam. And I'm so excited to do this one again. So let's discuss. Let's set the scene. Oh, I didn't know that we were going to be doing a visualization with us. Oh, we are. are. And you know what just came into my mind with that? Do you remember Romeo and Juliet? Was it 1999 with Leonardo DiCaprio? I never watched it, but yes. I fucking hate Shakespeare, bro. I can say with my soul that I hate Shakespeare. I'm sorry. Is this going to end our friendship? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's not like I'm some fucking theater nerd. Oh my gosh. That was judgment. <laughs> CJ is going to hate you now, by the way. So 
I love you so much, CJ. You're so pretty. <laughs> Don't hate me. I love you. Uh-oh, you have no sound. Hold on. Hold on. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like CJ and I would be unstoppable. But he's a Scorpio. No, right? he's a Libra, like your sister. Oh. oh. Share's your sister's birthday, you idiot. <laughs> you have to be so judgmental. <laughs> First of all. We've been best friends for seven years. You should know I got siblings him. have the same birthday. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bug and CJ look identical. It's sometimes I mean, hard to keep birthdays apart, okay? He's true. literally a spitting fucking image. That's true. So. And yes, your nephew is a Scorpio. Oh, my God. Me and <laughs> CJ are unstoppable. I love you, CJ. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so. I don't even know how we go. Oh, oh, it's Shakespeare. <laughs> I was like, how do we even yes, fucking Romeo and Juliet? Okay. Um, okay, so I, like I whatever, Shakespeare, sure. Like I'm sure he <laughs> contributed to I'm sure he did really you know, cool things in the English world. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there was lots of great things that came out of whatever he did. But anyways, <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, the movie with Claire Dane I and I think Leo in nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah, it was some Because my mom forced my sister to bring me to the movie theater. And I was like, I don't get what's going on, Tara. And she was like, you're talking through the whole movie. But when it when I said we set the scene, like that was like in Fair Verona where and, and then it goes into like the whole play. You have to watch it, period. Like we're watching it on I'm Sunday. never watching that. We're watching it on Sunday. We're watching it on Sunday. At your Why don't we just throw we, Titanic in the mix while we're at it? We're doing our training. <laughs> well, we can do that too. And we can also reenact the Titanic. <laughs> um... On TikTok, it's not that one. What what is it? It's Celine Dion. One of Celine Dion's songs. Yeah, her song is like everywhere because it's on reels too. So we'll do that too. And like have the blow dryer going while we're singing. Jeff has a leaf blower. We're done. We'll do it. I. Oh my gosh! I have my green dress from prom. I'll wear that. (laughs) Done. Yes. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) I'm so excited. Anyways, okay, we have to fucking get to it because back to the episode, ladies. Because my brain is shutting off at 25 minutes. So. Okay, cognitive errors 2.0. Okay, so the scene would be I'm yes. getting home from work. I'm exhausted. I'm mm-hmm. drained, feeling burnt out. Work has been very stressful. And my partner seems to be needing something from me. And I don't feel like I can give to them. So the cognitive error comes up of I'm not a good enough partner because I don't have the ability to hold space for them when I get home from work because work is just too much. You made it a little too therapisty. Okay. I'm an unsupportive part. I'm an unsupportive partner because I'm overwhelmed with work. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. What emotions are coming up for you? Sadness. Anxiety. I would say inadequacy, but that's not really an emotion. It's a feeling. I guess I feel inadequate. Yeah. Uh, shame. And maybe a little bit of frustration. 
I feel like this podcast is all over the place. I'm sorry, guys. I feel like I should have numbered the steps. So I'm just going to go back real quick. When I asked Stephanie, so the first um, cognitive errors episode that we aired, there's a seven-step process to challenging cognitive errors. So when I asked Stephanie to start, so setting the scene is step one. So then asking her about her emotions that are coming up is step two. So step two, sadness, anxiety, inadequacy, frustration, shame. So I need you to rate those from zero to 10. They do not have to equal 10. You can experience them all at 10 or all at five or whatever it is for you. So let's start with sadness. What do you experience that at? Probably like an eight. Okay. Anxiety? Probably the same. Inadequacy? Like a 10. Shame. 10. Frustration. Mm, I probably like mid-range, so probably probably like a five. Okay. So then when Steph and I identified her cognitive error, I'm an unsupportive partner because I'm overwhelmed with work. <clears throat> That's step three. That is what cognitive error is showing up for you. What negative automatic thought are you thinking? Okay. <clears throat> I'm running out of paper. I like to write these down when I do them, guys, because the importance of writing them down, please hear me when I say this, the importance of writing them down is so that one, when you first put that cognitive error on paper, you can possibly see how, I don't want to say, I feel like ridiculous is a harsh word, or I feel like, um, emotionally charged right how emotionally charged it can be right because sometimes the cognitive errors that pop up for us are like well i'm a terrible partner Mm -hmm. and it's like well what or like i'm a terrible parent or i'm a blah 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 blah. i'm a bad person i'm a shit person right right i'm a shit person you can immediately challenge that once you start to see it on paper but that's the importance of this writing this down so again the cognitive error i'm an unsupportive partner because i'm overwhelmed with work stephanie give me facts that prove that that's true I don't ask my partner how their day was. How does that factually prove that you are an unsupportive partner? Because I'm not like, I, I feel like I can't, I would use the term hold space for them. Right. So I feel like, because I'm not asking like, how's your day? Are you okay? What went good? What went bad? That shows that I'm not being supportive of them. That's the, how I feel. I'm so glad you said that statement. I know. You feel like that. Yes. But at the end, and if you go listen to our cognitive errors episode, feelings are not facts. So factually, how do you prove that you are an unsupportive partner? My partner has told me they don't feel like they can talk to me. Okay. Okay. Any other facts? Not that I can think of right now. Okay. So can you give me times, situations, and examples that prove your cognitive error, I'm an unsupportive partner because I'm overwhelmed with work, isn't true 100% of the time? So this is where I can get kind of... um tripped up with this kind of stuff, right? Because like being supportive is a subjective thing, right? Like everybody interprets that differently. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I show support 
by caring for our child, going to work, keeping the house in order, right? Like that's how I show support, but I can't control whether or not that person. Okay. You're going to therapy. You're doing, you're doing too much for therapy wise. Cause yes, you're exploring it from the opposite side perspective, yeah. but most of our clients do not do that. Sure. So bonus points to you for going to the opposite side and recognizing the, the ambivalence. Right. But mm-hmm. so go back to the points that you think that you internalize how I show support. Mm-hmm. Um, if I feel like the energy is off or like something is wrong, I will sometimes ask if they're okay. Or like, I'll say, how was work? Or if they message me that something stressful happened, I do my best to follow up, whether it's just to offer to listen or, you know, kind of give a validating statement back. Okay. So when we're breaking down cognitive errors, again, the negative automatic thought or the cognitive error is step three. Step four is give me facts that prove that that's true. Step five is time situations or examples that prove your negative thought isn't true 100% of the time. So the time situations examples. So for facts, we have my partner has told me they don't feel like they can talk to me, which is a factual statement. They're factually Mm -hmm. telling you like, this is how I feel, right? And so we can argue feelings are not facts, but realistically, that's what that person is telling me. That is their perception of the Mm -hmm. situation. My perception of the situation is that I care for our child. I go to work. I ask if they're okay. I follow up on things that um, they discuss and I try to attempt to offer validation or support. So because we've looked at four and five, so steps four, four are negative thought and steps against our negative thought, it's balanced. We have one negative, um, we have one fact that proves it true that our partner has said this, but we have all of these other time situations, examples that prove that that thought isn't true hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. So how do we come up with a more balanced thought that isn't as polarizing as I'm unsupportive because I'm overwhelmed with work. So if I were to reword that, um, reframe it, I'm not sure which verbiage. Both work. Okay. I would say sometimes it's difficult for me to be supportive when I'm overwhelmed. Right. So it's not such a drastic change where I'm like, I am always fucking supportive and things are always great. Right. Cause our brains don't work like that. There are times that I struggle to be supportive. That's, a, that's true. Mm-hmm. And now that I've recognized that that's where the change can happen. Give me one second. Cause I'm attempting to think of another one. My, my reworked thought, looking at this, I liked your reworked thought. It falls into my categories of it cannot be about somebody else. It cannot be an automatic flipped thought Mm -hmm. and it cannot be an action oriented statement Okay, that it cannot be those things. We're not adding another thing to our fucking plate. We're not making it about somebody else because it's not about somebody else. And we're not just automatically creating this toxic positivity of like, "Mm, everything's good. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it's not. 
because I'm overwhelmed by work. Sometimes it's difficult to be supportive when I'm overwhelmed. Um, I take care of me first before pouring into others. I prioritize I prioritize I prioritize my life as it supports me I am one person. I am I'm, I am one person. I honestly feel like that last one is so fitting too for the situation that we are in. I feel like so many people are being pulled in so many different directions in their jobs and being asked to do so many different things, mm -hmm. right? To pick up different slacks. Like I have so many teachers and so many different nurse friends and clients who are being asked to do so much and they're internalizing, not being able to get to all of these different things that they are supposed to, and the, sure. that's air quotes of supposed to, these things that they're supposed to do, when in reality, you can't do everything. You are one person. You're, you're not, it's not feasible for you to do all these other jobs. Mm -hmm. So I am one person is to me a completely healthy, balanced thought. Like we don't need to add more to that, period. You are one person not meant to do three or four other jobs. So when we're looking at this, these reworked thoughts, to follow it up before I go to a different, a, a step further, these reworked thoughts, the first negative thought, automatic negative thought, I am an unsupportive partner because I'm overwhelmed with work. Here are some of the reworked thoughts. Sometimes it's difficult to be supportive when I'm overwhelmed. I take care of me first before pouring into others. I prioritize my life as it supports me. I am one person. Mm -hmm. When you think or hear those thoughts, let's reflect on those emotions from before. So those emotions from before are sadness, eight, anxiety, eight, inadequacy, 10, shame, 10, and frustration, five. So first I'm gonna ask you to re-rate those emotions. Do they change at all? Do they increase? Do they decrease? Do they stay the same? We'll start with sadness. If I'm, okay, am I rating it on one statement or all of them? Because if I'm being honest, there are some statements where some of the emotions still stay the same. I want you to pick the statement that feels best to you because when I'm doing this with clients, I do try to give multiple statements and sure. I want them to pick the one that feels best for them because what feels good for me isn't what's going to feel good for them. Sure. So whatever one feels good for you. So pick that one. Do you want me to go through them again? No, I think I would just pick the first one that I did because I feel like it encompasses more than just being overwhelmed with work because yeah. I can be overwhelmed with life in general. Yes. And then it's, it can be hard to show up for other people. Yes. So choose that one. Yeah. 
And then when you think about sadness, does it stay at an eight or does it change? No, I think that goes down to probably like a five. Okay. Anxiety. I would also probably rate that at like a five. Inadequacy. I think that one goes down pretty substantially to maybe like a three. Okay. Shame. I feel shame could still be kind of up there, maybe like a six, because I think that comes down to like my perfectionism too, of like, I'm still not doing enough. Right. Yeah. Frustration. Um, oh, Zeus. I know. Um, I was like, just ignore him. Probably significantly lower, like down to like a three. Okay. Do any new emotions come up for you? I would say that it feels, that statement feels more validating and recognizing that I am a human and that I'm allowed to feel overwhelmed, but I'm also recognizing that if there's parts where I'm lacking, like I can recognize that, right? So it feels validating to know, okay, well, I've acknowledged that this is what happens when I get overwhelmed, but I'm also acknowledging that I get overwhelmed. Does that make sense? Yeah. So validation shows up. Yeah. What would you rate that? Um, probably like a seven. Okay. Any other things, any other emotions that show up? No. Okay. So the goal with re-rating, re-rating these emotions isn't to go from like, like how she had inadequacy and shame at a 10 for them to go to zero. Like you're a human still having a human experience. You're still Mm -hmm. going to feel some of these emotions. The goal is to bring them down a little bit to increase that quality of life. Right. And so the next thing I wanted to talk about, the caveat of when we have, um, when we have little, that little, um, so the box four, when they're facts that prove my negative thought is true. So when we have facts that prove that it's true, a lot of clients can take this from a shame standpoint of this is a point to self-sabotage and shame myself, right? So my partners told me that they don't feel that they can talk to me. Okay, that's not a point of shame for you to sit here and rake yourselves across the coals. That's a point to look at your life and say, okay, this is something my partner has expressed. How can I meet them where they're at? Or how can we have a discussion about how this just isn't feasible for me, Mm -hmm. right? So this could also tie into love languages. Mm -hmm. So this this partner's love language could be, okay, I don't feel like you're showing up for me. I don't feel like I can talk to you. So maybe their love language is words of affirmation or quality time. And with you being somebody, okay. So say like our nurses who are working literally like fucking 16 hour days, I don't have quality time for you. Yep. Half of the time that I have off of that 16 hour shift is for me to sleep mm-hmm. and to take care of children and or household and or pets and or just myself. Because mm-hmm. realistically, like 16, eight, like that's it's not giving you a lot of time like that. That's also what shows up. So that isn't a point to sit here and just be like, you know what? Yeah, that's so true. And I'm going to make myself feel bad about that. That's just a point. That's a jumping off point of like, okay, this might be where I need to do the work and, or this is where we need to focus communication. So like do the work of like, okay, maybe I need to expound on the fact that, okay, maybe I'm not a nurse. Maybe I'm not somebody who's working 16 hour days. So my partner doesn't feel like they can talk to me. Let's explore that. What does that look like? 
or if it's that this is my partner's love language and I, I'm not fluent in that love language, mm-hmm. how can we come together to create actionable steps for me to show up for them and also then for them to meet me at my love language? Because maybe my love language isn't being met and we're not talking about that because it's unknown. Sure. Does that makes sense? Yeah. Because I feel like when you don't put it on paper, you don't necessarily realize those things until it's, it's on paper and you see it and you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Again, the purpose of writing it down is for you to be able to start to make some of these connections. And again, I want to reiterate, the reworked thought is never going to be an action step about somebody else or an automatic flipped thought. You have to come to what feels best for you. Mm -hmm. Steph made one that feels good for her. And then I offered a couple other. If they don't fit with you, if they don't resonate, don't take them fit. Mm -hmm pick what fits with you and what speaks to you and what feels like it validates you because that's importance of also writing it down and doing this. It's creating that validation for yourself, the internal validation that we talk about so much in this podcast that is building those stepping stones to self-confidence, trusting yourself, intuition, all of those things. Internal validation is huge. So hopefully working through this has helped. Do you feel like Steph has anything come up like where you've thought of another cognitive error? You thought of like other Zeus, you have food and water. What is your problem? (laughs) Anyways, Uh, you're rude. Um, have you thought of any other like cognitive errors that maybe have come up? I'm trying to think of one right now too, that we could potentially work through. I was going to say, no, not off the top of my head. I'll, I'll do one that has shown up in my life recently. And it's a super easy one and not one that has really stuck so much, but one that comes up that I'm like, what? And I can challenge it in my head, but that please hear me when I say that I can challenge it in my head. It's because I, I challenge cognitive errors with clients literally day in, day out, mm-hmm. like five to seven hours a day. I'm doing these in sessions almost every day. So one that came up for me. So my dad and my stepmom are snowbirds. They have last year, um, recently my dad bought an RV, like the one that you drive, like the big one and like a Winnebago is what they used to be in like in the nineties. And maybe it is a Winnebago, whatever. It doesn't matter. So they drive down to Florida. And so my dad has rental properties. He's a landlord. So he wanted me to be his manager, air quotes, manager of um, making sure that his rental properties are um, taken care of or shoveled or rent is being collected, those things, right? So he had stated, okay, I need to put a five-day eviction notice on a door. And so I was super busy. And so all of these cognitive errors started showing up of like, um, I'm not showing up for my dad. I'm not being a good manager. I'm not doing all these things like blah, 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 all, all of them swirling in my head because I just didn't have enough time. And because I was also missing a piece. So the cognitive error is I'm not doing enough to show up for my dad, but you could even shorten it down to I'm not doing sure. enough. So facts that prove that that's true. None. I don't have any facts that prove that that's true. I called my dad to reach out to him because he said he was going to text me how to do the form and he didn't. So then I called and my stepmom was like, oh, you know, he's blah, blah, blah. I'll have him call you. He never called me. And then I called him. And when I called him, he was on his way to Tampa. So he couldn't tell me how to do it. So I don't have any facts. 
those three opportunities, which then go into step five. So time situations, examples that prove my negative thought isn't true. I reached out three times and tried to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Then when I spoke to my dad, finally on the phone for, I don't know, fourth or fifth time, he was like, it's not that big of a deal. Like blah, 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 blah. And like was explaining it away. So like the person is telling me it's not that big of a deal. Sure. So then I must come up with a more balanced thought. And so then the little like funny slogan I was telling him is like a manager is only as good as their boss dad. And so he kind of got a kick out of that because he's sitting here telling me I'm his manager, I'm going to be the manager and he would theoretically be my boss. Sure. But realistically, I am only in control of myself. Mm-hmm. I cannot control other people's actions. That's the reworked thought. I can't sit here. I'm not going to sit here and chase or beg or whatever for him to give me X, Y, Z to be able to do X, Y, Z for him. If he wants it done, he will let me know. And then at that time I can say whether or not I'm capable of doing what he's asking of me. But if he's not doing that, then it is what it is. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I could go through the emotions that were showing up for that. So like emotions, um, frustration, irritation, uh, inadequacy for sure. Um, I think honestly, that's it because it was a very, not, I don't want to say lighthearted, but it was a very like light one that I could challenge in my head, sure. but like inadequacy, shame. And what was the other one? I said frustration, all of frustration. They were, they were probably all hover at like maybe like a five in this situation, but frustration goes down to zero because he himself said, it's not a big deal. Okay. If you say it's not a big deal, it's cleared off my plate. Inadequacy probably goes to like a one because it's my dad and I still want to show up for him. Mm -hmm. And then what inadequacy, frustration, and what else? Irritation. Hmm, That's still probably like a one because like I'm busy. So, right. I was just to say, so just get, the sheer fact of having to get, do all that shit. Get your shit on the fucking table and like send me the damn instructions because mm-hmm. this probably will not be the first or the last by May that I have to do. So like give me the instructions because it's going to be way easier for me. So still probably a one. So I hope that us reworking these cognitive errors, mainly the main one that Steph and I reworked, but then also kind of the second one, have helped shine a light again on how to work these seven steps to be able to come to a more neutral thought process. So again, um, I think the first episode does a really good job of laying out the cognitive errors or cognitive distortions that people Mm -hmm. can experience. It talks about the seven steps and how to work through them. This was just mainly to run through them again, to help people understand like how we challenge them and the importance of writing it down. It is so important to write it down. Your brain is like the best computer you could ever imagine, right? We experience 60,000 to 120,000 thoughts a day. Your brain is moving. If we are not writing it down, we are not solely focusing and creating that mindful moment and being able to really deconstruct that negative thought. We are thinking of all of these irrational, irrational, yes, but we're not at the moment thinking they're irrational because it's in our head. So if we're not putting it onto paper, it doesn't feel irrational. Once you put it onto paper, it's kind of like, oh, that doesn't necessarily make sense. So that's the importance of writing this down so you can see it written out. And also because the cognitive distortions that you operate in, like for me, feelings are not facts is one of my favorites. That's the one that comes up for me the most. 
most of the time when I rework the thought, I can usually take that reworked thought and apply it to other cognitive errors. So that's the importance. Keep a running log of these things. So if there are any questions or concerns, please, please, please reach out to Steph or I. Steph is at Spooky Fit, Spooky Fit Mom 13. Right? Okay. Well, yes. I for a second. I was Spooky Fit Mom 13 on Instagram. I am at BEA underscore XO11. We are at Rewriting Her Story Podcast on Instagram and YouTube. You can email us at Rewriting Her Story Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear any thoughts that you have about these podcasts. And also, if you have any topics that you want covered, we would love to cover them. I feel like that sums it up. Absolutely. And I'm six minutes past or a minute past my brain expiring. So I fucking did it, dude. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. Okay. We love you all. If you we need anything, you. we're here for you. Okay. We're here. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>